Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 17th. It is seven minutes after nine. And this is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And it is the first show in about a week. We're not starting off talking about classified documents found in different locations with Joe Biden. Instead, we're starting with Jim Banks. The congressman has jumped into the 24 race for U.S. Senate. He announced it today, becoming the first candidate officially to announce in what is expected to be a very crowded Republican field. And this is the show, Casey, everyone's been waiting for because this is the show where we tell you the truth. This is the show where we don't need to be friends with these people. This is the show where we don't let our ideologies cloud the reality of what's going on. Because this show is the show that holds the politicians accountable. And so what we're going to do here, Casey, is we're going (laughs) to peel back the narrative and we're going to have a little accountability session about Jim Banks, as we will do with anyone else who enters into this race. Because the reality on Jim Banks is he is very similar to another guy who came about 15 years before him, who was great on TV, He was great in speeches. You believed he was the future. You believed he was the guy. You believed he was the one who would always stand for you. And then the reality was when you peeled back the onion, there was nothing there. That guy was Mike Pence. Hmm. And if you look at Jim Banks' actual record, either as a state senator or now a U.S. congressman, in terms of actual accomplishments... It is pretty much void of just about anything. He was primarily in the state Senate when Mike Pence was governor. That was a colossal disaster, a time at which the Indiana Republican Party veered rapidly to the left. It was the precursor to what we saw with Holcomb. And then as a U.S. congressman, he really hasn't been able to do much of anything. Not that any real individual can in the U.S. Congress, but let's face it, The big deal about Jim Banks in the U.S. Congress is what we're about to talk about, which is when he had an opportunity to do something Mm -hmm. and make tangible progress and change the the U.S. House of Representatives, he went full bore for Kevin McCarthy. He said, one thing is clear to me, and that's that Hoosiers deserve a conservative fighter in the Senate. And Mike Braun has been a consistent conservative, and we should have a conservative replace Mike Braun. And I want to be that conservative leader, that conservative fighter, by the way. How many times did he say conservative? He used the word conservative 20 times in a 10-minute interview with Indiana Capital Chronicle. Okay, perfect. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. This, he is Mike Pence. And I am telling you as someone who fell victim to Mike Pence, as did many other people. This is what Mike Pence used to do. He would use all the right words. Mm -hmm. He would say all the right stuff. And then you get into the actual record of the guy and the accomplishments of the guy, and they're not there. Now, 
the number one thing, and we are not getting off this, okay? Jim, I know you listen. I know your people listen. You can send me passive-aggressive texts. You can do whatever you want to do. I don't care. I am not getting off Jim Banks voting for Kevin McCarthy, not one, not two, not three, but 15 times, Mm. because the vote for Kevin McCarthy was the first time that Jim Banks had to stand up and be an adult. And when Jim Banks had to stand up and be an adult and stand up for us and stand up for the people, he got on bended knee and kissed the ring finger. Now, Jim was on with Tony this morning, and I'll give Tony credit. He at least asked the question. Now, Mm -hmm. he didn't ask him the way I would ask him, and he didn't stay on it the way I'd stay on it, but Tony at least asked the questions that were pertinent, number one being Kevin McCarthy. And look, here's the deal. Because people are already getting mad at me. This is what Indiana conservatives do. When you point out the obvious, whether it's Rokita or whoever, they just shoot the messenger. Jim Banks loves Kevin McCarthy. That is not my fault. I do not like Kevin McCarthy. I would have never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 never, if you threatened to throw me off the seventh floor of the Emmis building, voted for Kevin McCarthy. But Jim Banks not only voted for Kevin McCarthy, he got nothing for us. The 20 people who held out got all the stuff. So listen to Jim Banks answer this question from Tony where he says I love Kevin McCarthy and he tries to act like he had something to do with getting any of these concessions. Listen. You voted for Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House from the beginning. Even when your name was brought up as a potential speaker, you kept voting for Kevin McCarthy. If the fight is against going along to get along, how do you explain a vote for a guy who was seen by many as a go along to get along kind of person. Well, I, first of all, I don't I don't think that uh, he is that type of person. And the the, the rules that came out of last week uh, that empowers rank and file members takes ma- makes the Speaker of the House less powerful. Rank and file members uh, giving them more power. That's good and healthy for the institution, especially when we're talking about fighting back against the radical left agenda. So that came out of last week. Kevin McCarthy made a lot of those agreements to the rules packages even before we started voting uh, for Speaker. Jim makes it have anything to do with any of that. And any concessions Kevin McCarthy made was not because he's a nice guy or a good guy or cares about you or inflation or your family, Casey. The reason uh, Kevin McCarthy made those concessions was because he was forced to because he's a narcissistic ass who wanted to be one of the most powerful people in the country. So what did you want? Did you want Jim Banks to vote against Kevin McCarthy? Jim Banks could have stopped Kevin McCarthy from ever being the speaker, which is what anybody who is actually conservative or liberty-minded would have wanted. Jim Banks is powerful enough and had enough clout. When those 20 held out, if he'd have walked in at any time and said, you know what, I've listened, and they're right, and I've tried to be a team player, and I've I've done my best. I just can't do this anymore. We've got to go another direction. He had the ability to stop Kevin McCarthy. He chose not to do it. He chose to get in line with the Republican establishment, which tells me mm-hmm. that when the rubber meets the road, when the chips are down and Jim Banks has to choose between whatever his adult supervision Mitch McConnell will want over there 
or whatever is best for the people, he will choose Mitch McConnell because he just did it with Kevin McCarthy. And Casey, we already have a guy in the U.S. Senate who does that, the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young. <laughs> okay, well, on paper, though, Jim Banks looks very good. Father, husband, U.S. Navy veteran. He said the United States Senate is a place where I can do even more for the conservative values that I and voters of Indiana care about. He said that the growing national debt, which we'll find out more about on Thursday, yeah. he said the threat from China and wokeism are the three biggest issues facing facing our country today. Okay, the other thing Tony asked him about, and this is great, is how is it possible? Because we see this with politicians all the time, right? The narrative is, I'm here to serve the country. I'm, I, you know, I'm here to, to help America. A month ago, Jim Banks was so into being in the U.S. House of Representatives that he ran for whip. He ran for a mm-hmm. leadership post. He was mm-hmm. so into mm-hmm. the conservative majority and whatever bull crap he's thrown out in, in these interviews that he ran for leadership. He lost, which is hilarious because then he got on bended knee and kissed the ass of the guy who stabbed him in the back, Kevin McCarthy, which shows what a fighter Jim Banks is. Got down on bended knee for the guy who kept him from being in leadership. And then all of a sudden, well, what? The best place for me to be would be in the U.S. Senate. Well, wait a second. Just a month ago, the best place for you was in leadership. Now the best place is, is in the Senate. Listen to this non-answer when Tony asked him about that. You ran for House leadership. It didn't work out. Now you're running for Senate. How do you discuss this with Hoosiers about this not being political opportunism? Yeah. Hey, Tony. Good to be with you. Excited to launch our campaign for the United States Senate today. Uh, Mike Braun announced uh, just a few weeks ago that he is running for governor, opens up the Senate seat. Uh, This was not an easy decision uh, for Amanda, our family, uh, to go through. But we just feel strongly that Indiana deserves a conservative fighter in the United States Senate. And uh, the the timing is as such that the the Senate seat is open and we feel called to run for it. Uh, It's not about me. It's not about opportunities for me. It's about Indiana. It's about our country. I love America. I served in Afghanistan. I have three young daughters, as you know, and I'm, I'm concerned about the, where, the direction of this country and, and uh, uh, where the country is heading, and I want to do my part. Do you hear an answer in there? Casey, you're the fair one on this show. No, but he was asked if he would support McConnell, and he said that we need new conservative voices and leaders in the Senate, and that's why he's running. He didn't answer the question. Again, no. right? You no, sense you're a, right. You sense a theme yes, here? Yes, yes or no answer. There's no, and this is, and look, full disclosure, I am utterly disappointed in Jim Banks, and here's why. Because I, I get people are going to say, well, all the politicians do this, right, Rob? All the politicians do this. Why Jim Banks? Because all the other politicians didn't promise to be different. All the other politicians didn't say, I will fight for you and actually give the impression that they meant it. Jim Banks had an opportunity to be different. He had an opportunity to show us he was going to be better. I was actually, for once, looking forward to having somebody say, maybe I can actually support a Republican for once because somebody's going to follow through on what they say. And opportunity after opportunity, he has not done that. He has proven himself to be a person who, if he'd have got the... Casey, let's let's just... You and I. It's just you and me. No one else is listening right now. And I know we're running a little long in this segment, but it's just you and me. Mm-hmm. If Jim Banks had gotten that whip position. Mm-hmm. Would he be running for Senate? Right. What is your answer to that question? No. Absolutely. Yeah. We're done here. Yeah. The guy is an opportunistic politician, just like everyone else. He had an opportunity to be different. He lied to me. In case you know the rules. 
<laughs> you know the rules. Don't lie to Rob. Don't lie to me. So, um, there you go. Hi, Jim. Hope you have a great day. Good okay. luck on your launch. So, we've got more on this coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I was born blue and weather. Then I burst just like a supernova. Good morning. It is 922. It's Kendall Wait. and Casey on 93 WIBC. You're sprinting through this now. You're deliberately talking over the music. <laughs> You're doing that deliberately. Here we go. Jack and jacket and hair slick sweet. Silver star studs on my dog. Okay, you go now. All right. White House doesn't keep visitor logs. Did you hear that? White- I'm sorry. I was, I was just listening to the music. The White House doesn't keep visitor logs oh, for President Biden's personal residence. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, that's what their uh, counsel said yesterday. And that <laughs> clarification came as House Republicans have begun calling for visitor logs of his Wilmington, Delaware home after multiple documents marked classified were discovered at his Wilmington residence. So the White House counsel office noted it isn't standard practice for the White House to keep visitor logs of President's personal homes. That seems very odd to me. What if something physical were to happen to the president during a visit? Yeah, isn't there, There's no log anywhere of who came and went? So before we get into this, Peter Ducey from Fox News kind of broke this down about what what's going on here. And I thought he gave a little one-minute synopsis that I thought was pretty good. Take a listen. And Dana, some news this morning. We are learning there are no visitor logs chronicling who comes and goes from the president's house in Wilmington. An official at the White House Counsel's Office is telling me that like every president in modern history, a personal residence is personal. They make the distinction that unlike the previous administration, the Trump administration, they are committed at the White House to being transparent about White House visitor logs. But in terms of uh, what Republicans on the Hill are asking for, a record of who may have been in the Wilmington residence and potentially had access to the areas where these documents were found, it does not appear that that exists. Uh, It would have to be done, it sounds like, retroactively. Okay, so you come and go in the White House, and visitors are generally required to submit their names, social security number, and other personal information for Secret Service background screenings. And if you wanted to make an appointment to see a senator in D.C., you have to do that in advance. It normally takes like six months, and you get approved or not. Yeah, so if I were like, I would like to see Congressman Jim Banks for him to explain why he (laughs) voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times, and then Mm -hmm. went on Tony's show this morning and said how proud he was for doing it, Mm -hmm. I couldn't just walk in there and do that no there's an application you do it online oh that's wild uh yeah that is weird right i mean if you were to ask the average person do we know who's visiting the president's house Mm -hmm. i would assume the average person would say yes Mm -hmm. right i mean that isn't isn't like some far right-wing thing to say if you do do we know who's going into the president's personal residence you would say, yeah, there's got to be like a record of that. He's got all, so he's the president. Right, exactly. No. Uh, and that information is shared with the National Archives, but it does get purged after a set period of time at the White House, but not other permanent residents. Of course, you know the Secret Service. They do have a permanent physical or electronic security presence at the homes whether it be in Wilmington or one of his beach houses, and they do screen visitors when they enter. However, at the Penn Biden Center, where 10 of those classified documents were found, there's not a permanent Secret Service site. Uh, Real quick, before we get to break, James Comer, who is going to be one of the people in charge of investigating Biden and the Biden Biden crime syndicate in the House, uh, was talking about this. Take a listen. 
Well, we're very interested in who all is through the Biden Center for Diplomacy. We know that that's primarily funded through anonymous donations from China. But what amazes me is what the White House said about the fact that they didn't keep records of who went to and from the president's personal residence because that was personal. But yet the Democrats released Donald Trump's personal tax returns uh, for years prior to him even being president. Uh, so that was public record. You know, it, it, this White House has been so inconsistent and so hypocritical from day one in all their investigations uh, with respect to Trump. Now with the with the same types of uh, concerns with, with Joe Biden. Look, we're going to continue to press for answers. We believe that this family could be compromised because of the millions of dollars that they've received from our adversaries around the world, particularly from China, and the fact that they possess these documents in multiple locations all over town is very concerning. So what's public and what's personal? Well, Casey, That's the big question. Well, yeah, They're and, saying, oh, well, that's personal, but and, th- this is public. And it comes back to, and this is with voting, and we got to get to a break, but it comes back to the ability to just make it up as you go along, mm-hmm. I'm for fracking. I'm not for fracking. Hi, good night, everybody. Mm-hmm. That guy, what happened to him? He wasn't laughed off the stage. He became a U.S. senator. Uh, how did you legally vote? How did you le- how did you legally vote in a county different than you took a homestead credit? That's already been vetted. Mm-hmm. He that guy's Secretary of State here now. Right. We we as a society, Democrat Republican, we keep allowing this to happen because they know there's never any accountability, so they can morph it into whatever they need it to be. One guy who never morphs, he just gives the news straight up. Mm-hmm. Is the great Kurt Darling? Yep, and he's coming up. We also have Micah Beckwith on the way, and we're going to talk more about Jim Banks coming up with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Amen. Amen. It's time to go to church. To preach to the choir from the bowling pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline, the conservative voice of the state of Indiana. All right, Beckwith, your buddy Jim Banks. He was on with Tony today, uh, all in on the Kevin McCarthy uh, vote. He is a professional McCarthy cheerleader. That seems an odd strategy to run for Senate. You love Banks. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, okay, here's the thing. I think you've got to recognize that the conservatives for many years have been, we die on every hill. Every hill we're going to die on. Well, when that happens, Rob, there are no more conservatives left to fight because we've died on every hill. I think Banks is, he's shrewd as a snake, but as innocent as a dove is what the Bible tells us to be. He's a conservative. He's bold. He stood up to Wait, 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 wait. What was that again? I'm making sure I'm jotting that down properly. Okay. Be shrewd as a snake uh-huh. and as innocent as a dove, which basically means to be as crafty and as wise as, as a serpent is, but as innocent as a dove is. And that's kind of what the Lord is calling uh, you know, Christians and, and, and us to be. And so what I've found over the last you know, 20 years of just watching and, and seeing what's going on is we're, we're, we tend to be innocent, but we are not shrewd. We're not crafty. We, we don't know how to, the system works. And we just go in and say, this is wrong. I'm going to die on this hill today. And then, and then you die on the hill and then there's no, you're not, you're not alive to wait, fight wait, another day. Wait, wait. Okay. So, so time out. So is this like Jim yeah. Banks is like Muhammad Ali float like a butterfly sting like a bee? <laughs> is that what you're, is that what you're yeah. selling me today? 
that works. That okay, works. Uh, uh, yeah, that's Rob's translation, uh, sure. Okay, so it's one thing to say, well, you know, I wanted A, B, and C, and I held out for A, B, and C, and I got A, B, and C, so now let's go. He didn't do any of that, though. He was in from the beginning and voted for the guy the entire time and was cheerleading for the guy the entire time. I mean, he he's now hooked, right? I mean, it's it's not unfair to say. We, we know McCarthy's going to sell us out. We know McCarthy's going to screw us over. We know McCarthy hates conservatives. So when he does that, and it could be the debt ceiling coming up here, Banks doesn't have any excuse, right? I mean, he owns Kevin McCarthy. Well, I do think he owns Kevin McCarthy, sure. But I, I also think, too, everybody knew in that chamber that McCarthy was going to get it. It was just a matter of what concessions was he going to make. Now, I, I, I love the 20. I thought the Rebels did a great job holding out. And, sure, would, would it have been cool to see Jim in that in that group? Yeah, but I'm not – that, that to me, is, is small potatoes. Jim has proven to be a, a bold voice. He has pushed back on the cancel culture time and time again. I look at him in the same ranks as I look at, like, a Jim Jordan. And keep in mind – Jim Jordan also supported Kevin McCarthy, and Jim Jordan is probably one of the strongest uh, stalwart conservatives that we have in Congress. But again, it's that mindset of, "Hey, we know McCarthy's going to get it. We're not we're not dumb enough to die on this hill right now. We we've got other fish to fry." And I don't necessarily see McCarthy in the same vein as I see like a Paul Ryan. Like that's still yet to be seen. Could he become a Paul Ryan? Sure, maybe. But McCarthy is much more open to the Trump. Uh, America first kind of policies because because he's 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 actually already uh, given some concessions which I I find you know pretty awesome. But Mike, he did it. Casey needs to hop in here, but he did it by force. <laughs> he didn't do it because he wanted to. He did it because he's a power hungry narcissist who wanted to be speaker. Come on. Sure, I agree with that. But at the same time, I don't think Paul Ryan would have would have allowed that to happen. I don't think John Boehner would have allowed that to happen. I think they would have said, because they, they met resistance too. The Freedom Caucus was, was around back then. They met resistance and they never gave in. And so I think uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic when it comes to McCarthy. I don't think he's going to be, he's, I don't think he's politically foolish enough to just ignore the conservatives like the Paul Ryans have done in the past. The conservative movement has a tidal wave of support behind it. And I think that's why that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. And and I think Jim Jim gets that. I think he understands that. I don't think he, he necessarily felt like he had to go die on that hill that day. And so well, he, you're right. You're right. He, and in case you pop in here, he didn't die on the hill that day, or the next day, or the next day. I mean, he just kept day after day. He said, "I'm not going up there." Casey, go ahead. All right, Micah. So we've mentioned serpents and doves and butterflies and bees and fish. I'm wondering if you can answer this question without mentioning any animals. Uh, talk to me about Jim Banks's anti woke caucus that he's creating. I love it. So it reminds me of this one time when I had this dog, okay? And so I'm just is, this, is, this, is this another story about how you shot the dog or we're going to shoot the dog? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. No, you're right. He did that so he could mention an animal. I get it. I get it. All right. Keep going. No, no. no, no. So the anti-woke caucus, I loved it. I uh, I actually talked to Jim yesterday and uh, and was interviewing him for a, a show that I'm hosting later this week. And and uh, and so he, he we were talking about the anti-woke caucus, and he – specifically told me he said the woke agenda is is a is going to destroy america's future if we don't stop it now we have a very limited window on stepping up and saying we're not going to put up with this nonsense and again this has been this is if you would have said to someone 20 years ago we would be battling this fight in the military where we now are concerned with these made-up pronouns 
for our soldiers to worry about rather than bullets and bombs, you would have said, I'm crazy. But here we are. And I'm telling you, this is a national security threat because China is getting stronger by the day and we're getting weaker by the day. And so Jim sees that. That's why I think he started the anti-woke caucus. And I, I love it. I just think it's a, it's, he goes on the offensive. Jim is an offensive-minded guy. And for too long, conservatives have always been on the defense. Uh, Mike Quebec with is our guest. Before we get off of Banks, he should absolutely come on this show and answer those questions, right? And he's not going to do that. No, no, I think he should, and I, I don't know. I think he would. Have you have you extended the op? Have you reached out? Have you texted him? Did you call him? Did you send him flowers? Oh, oh, Micah, Micah, <laughs> when you get passive aggressive tweets from the lawmaker who then doesn't respond when you say "call me, let's talk about it," I assume he's listening. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing: the Bible says, Rob, and since you've been going to my church, I'm going to speak to you as, as your pastor now. It says if you have an offense, go to your brother, and so you need to go call him, text him. Reach out to him, not in a tweet, but reach out to him and say, "Hey, man, let's let's hash this out. We'd love to love to talk with you and and see where uh, see where we are on these things." Speaking of uh, church and life, church, Micah and I did a little uh, lunch on Friday, and it was like Elvis was in the building. People coming up and talking to Micah at the local Chick Fil A here in uh, the greater downtown area. But you did have. I asked you. I asked Micah. I said, "Am I being?" too mean like do i need to change my style on how i do stuff here and you made a biblical reference on that too and i don't want to say it because well i don't want to you know get in trouble or anything but you are the man uh that is the preacher on sunday you you said uh my behavior is similar at least in style to who to John the Baptist, I see you as a as a kind of a John the Baptist esque voice, where you're you're out there, you're saying the hard things, you're saying the tough truths. You are that's what I like about you, Rob, and 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 I love Casey and you guys. You guys go back and forth, but you but you speak truth. You're not afraid to say what you believe is true. John the Baptist was that way. Now it got him killed. I mean, he lost his, <laughs> he, lost his he lost he lost his head over it, hmm. but. He was, he was that voice in the wilderness that said, this is the truth, and all y'all who aren't following it, you are wrong, and I'm going to let you know you're wrong. And people hated him for it because, because he was so offensive to, to the lies of the world. And, and I, I see you that way. I do think, though, you know, Jesus was John's cousin, and, and Jesus, he could, he could throw punches for sure. I mean, he turned the tables over, he made a whip, and he, he cracked people over the back with a whip. when like, He could get mad. But he, he wasn't quite as he, – he would talk in parables. He would sometimes come in with a little bit softer voice. But it doesn't mean that John the Baptist wasn't needed for that time. And the Bible is very specific. It says John is going to go prepare the way for the, for the one who is the way. Okay. And, I just, I just like to real quick, just make sure the Lord knows I am in no way comparing myself to John the Baptist, no way putting us on the same level of importance. I would just, I just want to put all of that out there. Not that God doesn't already know that, but I'm just putting that out there. Hey, Casey, who would you say Rob reminds you of in the scriptures? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what, Micah? I'm not in any position or qualified to answer that question. But you did have a question. You did have a question for Micah, right? I do have a question. You know what? I'm going to bounce off of that and get off politics for just a second, but maybe kind of stay on politics. My question for you, Micah, can you tell us and give everybody some advice who is struggling with forgiveness 
Well, that's a that's a great question. So because, uh, she asked that because she has to work with me, Micah. So <laughs> I thought she was going to say when I said, "Hey, who's who, what character in scripture do you remind me of?" I thought she was going to say Balaam's talking ass. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's always a good one. You can remember that one for next time, Casey. Okay, uh, thank you. So yeah. so yes, yeah. forgiveness because we have to forgive Jim Banks for his fifteen votes for Kevin McCarthy. We have to forgive Jim Banks for saying he wanted to be whip, and then like a month later saying, I, I don't even want to be in the house anymore. Yes, forgiveness. Go ahead. Okay, well, so two things. One, the Lord wants us to act like he acts and, and model his behavior. And he ultimately is the greatest, most compassionate forgiver of the universe. I mean, he if, it, if there's anyone who has, is justified in not forgiving people for their trespasses, it's him not forgiving us. But yet he forgave us. And not only that, he sacrificed himself while we were still sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. So even when we were enemies with God, God still forgave us. So we want to model that behavior. But here's, here's why it's good for you to forgive. It's because I've, said, I've heard it said, and I think this is so true, that when you're bitter towards someone, bitterness is like drinking a glass of poison and hoping it kills the other person. You're not, you're not doing anything to the other. When you hold on to bitterness, when you hold on to resentment, you're not doing anything to the other person. All it's doing is, is hurting you and it's destroying your very soul. And, and if you don't let that go, it will, it will ultimately destroy you. And that's why the Lord said you got to forgive, not, not because the other person deserves it, but because you, you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself and he doesn't want to see you hurt yourself. And one of the best ways to forgive people, and if, you're, if you're struggling with this, one of the best ways to do this is just to begin to pray for them. I've had, trust me, it's hard to do. I, I, there are people in my life that I do not like. And the Lord says, you need to forgive them. I'm They've raising my hand, Micah. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's radio. No one can see that. So, uh, no. see, uh, but but I, when I, the Lord says, he says, Micah, pray for them. I, I'm like, I can't pray for them. He says, just open your mouth and pray. So all I do is I say, Lord, I just pray for that person today. Would you just be with them? All right, that's Rob. All I say. That's all I say. And, Rob and is going to be doing some praying for Jim Banks then. <laughs> Right. There actually, there's a long list of people I think that Rob should start praying for. Well, I thought I think it's the opposite. I think people who are listening are going to be okay. I need to start praying for Rob that way. So. Uh, okay. He is the conservative voice of the state of Indiana, Pastor Micah Beckwith. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, guys. Love you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. morning 9:50 it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and we're going to speak about Lisa Marie Presley for a moment she passed away last week from cardiac arrest and her finances were a mess she owed a substantial amount of debt including 1 million in back taxes at one point Elvis's only child owed millions of dollars in taxes in 2004 she sold off 85% of her interest in Elvis's estate for around 100 million dollars and her ex-husband recently reached a settlement where she agreed to pay six thousand dollars a month to him for their 14 year old twins however he went back to court claiming that she was flush with money she received a million dollar advance for a tell-all book and he claimed that she was pulling in additional funds from the release of the movie elvis okay so two things number one we need to clarify something that we often mention on this show 
Micah did not actually shoot his dog. It goes back years ago mm-hmm. when he was filling in for me when Mock was still here, telling a story about one time he had a sick dog that needed put down. He pondered shooting the dog. He didn't actually shoot the dog. Okay, cool. Now we've got that out there. I don't want people thinking that Micah is going around executing animals, period. Okay, cool. That's out of the way. Number two, mm-hmm. you could have picked any Elvis song and Suspicious Minds is what you came up with. That's like going to Dairy Queen and going, you may have any flavor of ice cream you'd like. Oh, give me some good scrumptious vanilla. Mm-hmm. I, I had to uh, go with Casey on this one. I think the uh, the most popular, well, it's not his most popular, but no, I know, it's, look, it's one that people love and they know it. No, you know? I know. I know. And you were pulling a Jim Banks. You were not doing what's best for the people. You were doing what's best for you. You didn't want to face the wrath of Casey. So <laughs> instead of standing up for the show, you just just bended the knee and kissed the ring finger. I'm not blaming you. I just, I'm just wondering why of all the Elvis songs. Mm-hmm. He I mean, chose that one. You had a wide, you could add uh, hot fudge on your ice cream. You could have had some cookie crumbles mixed in there. You said, no, just give me a scoop of you know, I was soft serve vanilla. I, mean, I was tempted to say you should play Amazing Grace because Elvis has some fantastic gospel songs, but on the heels of Micah, I thought, you know what, that was enough. Let's get back to some mainstream hits for a minute. Oh, yeah. And by sure. the way, I did not pick the song. Kevin did. Why? So no, don't, you were don't pressuring yell, him. Don't yell at me. We, yeah, had, <laughs> we had Follow That Dream on the table. That mm-hmm. is our go-to Elvis song. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin clearly, I mean, there was like a look of fear. I almost asked him to blink twice if he was okay <laughs> because he was just pressured into that. Let's uh, I'm, look, I'm sorry. I didn't I just had to p- just point that out. Okay, back to Lisa Marie. And uh, you know what? And I even said the song that I've been singing lately is If I Can Dream. Uh-huh. But he didn't play that one either. No, cuz it's a terrible song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is Lisa Marie. It is fascinating, isn't it? And we see this all the time about how these people who whether they are born on, you know, third base like she was or they make large amounts of money like a la MC Hammer mm-hmm. have so little ability to have the financial wherewithal and literacy that not only do they lose the money they in the case of Lisa Marie Presley it appears in some capacity mm-hmm. died in debt owing people huge amounts of money. Yeah, she obviously couldn't handle the finances in way over her head. And the bad part... Because she, she owed people money, right? According yeah, to that story, yeah. Yeah, she did. It, the bad part of this is if you're someone like that and you go and ask for help, what are the chances that she'll just be taken advantage of? Well, and the other thing of it too is you have, there's, you have a seemingly endless supply of revenue at your disposal because you're Elvis's daughter. Mm-hmm. And so in many ways you control licensing, merchandising. So your terrible decisions or your terrible addictions, in her case, I think a little bit of both or yeah. a lot of both, mm-hmm. mean you never really have to grind and gut your way out of that position because your father's legacy will always provide enough that you can theoretically dig yourself out of that hole. She was in control of his trust, which was worth about $60 million, and she still had ownership in Graceland and also a separate hotel owned on the property. But, I mean, this is, you know, her monthly expenses, her monthly expenses totaled over $92,000. Wait. Yeah, that's a lot. What do you think your monthly expenses are, including, like, everything? What do you think your monthly expenses are? I know exactly what they are. What are they? Can you share? Like, ballpark it? 
I will tell you it's under 3,000. Okay, perfect. That's what I was going to say. Like the average person, family, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. I would say somewhere between three and $5,000 mm-hmm. a month for like average people if you don't have a family. Would you like to see the itemized list? Oh, I knew you had one. I can bring that I in for you tomorrow. I knew you had one. I knew it. I didn't even have to ask. You know what? It was a big week too. Only $40 at the grocery store this wow. week. Wow. But $70 on lottery tickets. <laughs> Mama needs a new set of shoes. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Enjoy this song. Ah.